You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, the New York Mets got a win. They started the Subway Series right, and Pete Alonso led the charge. Two home runs, five RBIs. I'll be talking about his performance in the Mets win in the first segment. Then in the second segment, I want to talk about how this team has really lived and died by Pete Alonso this season and how it's really on him for them to come out of it and have a strong final 62 games of the year. Then in the final segment, I want to draw a parallel to the 2019 season and why there maybe is a little glimmer of hope left that this season could actually turn to something exciting. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you can win 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Well, it was a great victory for the New York Mets on Tuesday night playing in a Subway Series. They win by a score of 9-3, to and Pete Alonso drives in five and hits two home runs. All is good for a day. But seriously, there was some building blocks from this game that don't make you think that all of a sudden everything's fixed, but it does remind you, oh, yeah, there is talent on this team, and it, it starts with Alonso. And if Alonso gets hot, as we're going to – talk about it more length in the next segment, this team can get hot because it really is a baseball team that rises and falls with the peaks and valleys of Pete Alonso, and particularly this season. Alonso got hot in that series against the Red Sox, and now staying hot, five-game hitting streak. And when you're on a hitting streak, when the tides are turning for you, it's the luck that is also on your side, and that's what we saw in the first inning. Brandon Nemo leadoff double. He's about to be stranded because you have Francisco Lindor, Grounds out, hit too sharply for Nimmo to advance. Jeff McNeil grounds out. Nimmo's on third base, but with two outs, a sack fly doesn't get him in. And Alonzo falls behind the count. He ends up fighting the pitch and, and, and bloops it. And guess what? It just drops in for a hit. And it's those moments, okay, where you don't even strike the ball well. Exit velocity of 76.8 miles per hour, ball that went 250 feet, and it finds some grass, and you get an RBI, and then in the third inning, all of a sudden you make your own luck. Pete Alonso hits a three-run homer. Uh, that was a two-out rally by the Mets where Francisco Lindor doubled, Jeff McNeil drew a walk, and then Alonso comes through and hits that three-run homer, a line drive shot that might not make it out of a lot of ballparks. It takes that small fence that they have in left field, that low fence that he was able to hit it over, uh, but he did hit the ball hard. It was 
you know, hit 108.2 miles per hour. Not a big launch angle. Again, line drive. But right there, the Mets are sitting with the 4 nothing lead, and Justin Verlander is pitching well. So you felt pretty good early in that game. And then Alonzo adds to it in the sixth inning with his second home run of the game. He goes back-to-back with Daniel Vogelback, who homers after him. And here you go, Justin Verlander. You got a 6 nothing lead, and he did not waste it. Verlander looked really good again. Uh, I, I think it's starting to become clear that the real ace of this team is Justin Verlander. And we watch him go up against the Yankees lineup that obviously isn't great, okay? But still, he limited them to two hits. He walked four. It's a tough ballpark to pitch in. He got six strikeouts, and he got you through six frames without giving up a run. From that point on, though, the game got a little bit dicey. Now, the Mets did get a run um, in the seventh inning. I believe that was, was that a Jeff McNeil RBI knock, if I remember correctly? Trying to find it. Uh, yeah, you had Lindor, who got on second base. He got a base hit, throwing error, advanced into second. And then Jeff McNeil got a knock to drive him in. So Mets sitting 7 nothing when they go to the bullpen. And they went right to Brooks Raley, which I thought was aggressive from Buckshaw Walter to go to the top relievers in a game that you're winning by seven runs. But he wanted to get it. And that shows a sense of urgency right now. And it didn't go well for Brooks Raley. He hit a batter. He gave up a double. He walked a batter. It was not looking good. He did get a pop out, so he got one out. But they went to Dominic Leone to bail him out of the jam, and he did his job. While he did walk a batter, he gave up a sack fly. He got a big strikeout um, to, to get out of that inning without further damage. And then the eighth inning was an adventure, too, because they go Grant Hartwig at that point trying to maybe buy an inning. Who knows? If it worked out, maybe he could have bought you, too. Well, it didn't. Okay. He gives up. Uh, well, he gets a ground out, but then two hits and a walk. Bases are loaded. Buck, not wasting any time, goes to David Robertson to get out of that jam. And he does. Gives up an inherited run, but he does. Mets winning seven to three. Ninth inning, they get another big hit from Jeff McNeil, which is a sight to behold to see him hit a sharp line drive and drive in two on a double. And that's exactly uh, what the Mets needed for some insurance. They still went to Adam Adovino. And I don't blame him. Um, he got the final three outs, though, and you win a game. But the big thing is you got Justin Verlander giving you the six strong innings. You got Jeff McNeil with three RBIs quietly. And you got Pete Alonso on a five-game hitting streak with a two-home run game. And maybe this is a game he can build on. And the Mets need him to because I'll tell you what, this is a team this year that has been great when Alonzo's great and has been bad when Alonzo's bad. And the thing is, Alonzo has been bad since June and explains partly why this team was in the tank and so horrible in June and you know at, at various points in July as well. They need Pete Alonzo to be their best hitter. They need him to put this lineup on his back. And we know he's capable of it. The question is, will he do it? I want to go through some of the reasons for and against why Pete Alonzo could get hot down the stretch here in just a minute. Before we do, though, today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper, where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Sleeper is now offering up to 100-time payout for eight-pick contests where you choose as many as eight players that you like and pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats, like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right, and you can win big. So, hey. 
You like Jose Quintana? You think he's going to strike out some Yankees? You could take the over. If you don't think that's going to happen, you can pick less on strikeouts, but maybe you think Alonzo's going to homer again. You take that, you pair it with Jeff McNeil getting a couple hits, and you could find yourself with a nice payout. There's also built-in group chat functionality where you can see and copy your group's picks with the tap of a button. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's that easy, and they're safe and fast withdrawals. Use promo code Locked On. You'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. The New York Mets for the New York Yankees at 7.05 Eastern time tonight. Catch every pitch of the Mets hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Now this Mets team has really lived and died by Pete Alonso this season. Look at their first 21 games of the year. Alonso hits 293, 376 on base, 671 slug. He had 10 home runs in those 21 games, drove in 23, he had a way to runs creative plus of 183. Now that measures hitters based on a league average of 100. So with a 183 WRC plus, Alonzo was 83% better than your league average hitter. The Mets, they went 14 and 7 in those games. Then there was a 14 game stretch where he homered just once. In those games, the Mets went 3 and 11. So you go from 14 and 7 to 17 and 18. Then Alonzo went on to homer and Nine of the Mets' last 21 games in the month of May. That included one stretch where he homered in four games in a row. The last three of those games were part of a five-game winning streak for the Mets. They went 12-9 and in that stretch, got back into the mix. Then June happened. Alonzo goes cold. He gets hit in the wrist. He misses nine games, ends up even colder when he comes back. He hit 152 in the month of June, 222 on base, 364 slug, and we all know how bad the Mets played in June. This month, Alonzo again has been cold, and despite that, the Mets have gone 11 and 7. But he's on a five game hitting streak, three of them being multi hit games, and he drove in five runs in this one with two home runs. So you hope this is a sign of things to come for Pete Alonzo. And if he can get back on one of those stretches, maybe that's beginning with this game where over 21 games, he hits close to 300, which is a big ass with the way he's hit this season, gets on base at that 376 clip that he started the year with and slugs at a 671 clip and hits eight more home runs over these next 20 games to make a 21-game stretch where he is as good as he was to start the season. Who knows what could happen for the Mets? They could get closer in this race. And I'm not saying to have hope because Alonzo had one big game. But we have seen Pete Alonzo carry the match for stretches. He's that type of a player. We saw it last year when they won 101 games. Pete Alonzo had a massive part in it. 2019, when the Mets went on a run, who was at the forefront of it? Pete Alonzo, who hit 20 home runs down the stretch for the Mets that season. And I'm about to get in the final segment to a lot of parallels between 2019 and 2023. And I'll tell you what, the Mets could have a finish like they did in 2019, I'd sign up for it, even if it doesn't end in a playoff berth. Just be competitive down the stretch. And 
it'll make this a ball club that for a couple months you can actually enjoy watching. When Pete Alonso is a 150 hitter, it's really hard to watch the Mets because he's sitting right in that four hole. And, and honestly, I was planning today to talk about why Pete Alonso has hurt the Mets this season, or at least at some point this week. It was on my docket of topics to cover on the show. And he did have a good series in Boston, and he opens this one with his best game in I don't even know how long. Maybe his best game since May. When Pete Alonso is that type of a force, the lineup's good. When Pete Alonso is the guy who's been the last two months, you're going nowhere. And you can't pull him from that cleanup spot. You're not going to drop Pete Alonso down the lineup. I know I had somebody comment to me um, you know, on Twitter DMs just about how much longer can you run him out there in the four hole. And I said, look, you're living and dying by this guy. It's just that simple. And lately the Mets have been dying by it. But Pete Alonso is still the type of hitter where one or two things can click for him. He can start to get hot and he can get into that zone where he's no longer swinging at bad pitches. When it's a full count and he gets that slider in the zone, he's at least getting a base hit. He's not swinging through it or he's not swinging through that good fastball that he gets up in the zone. He's either fighting it off and and living to to, get another pitch or he's doing some damage on it. And he's not missing mistakes. That's the worst thing with Pete Alonso. When you see a guy miss down the middle and he swings through it, you're just like, what is going on here? But Pete had a big game, and that's what you need. You need a little bit of confidence to get back into him where he, he feels like the man again because once he gets back to that place, he's dangerous. And he gets one more game in that band box at Yankee Stadium, which I think he – really likes to hit in. Then he gets four games against the Nationals pitching staff before the deadline. And then the Mets see the Royals. And then they see the Orioles. None of those teams have really good pitching staffs. So you could see a little bit of a run here where Alonzo has a 12-game stretch where he goes off and maybe that propels him to a fantastic finish this season. That's what the Mets need from him. There's 62 games left this season. The Mets have now played 100. There's six games under. There's seven games out of a playoff spot. And there's four teams that they have to jump to even be the first team eliminated. They got five teams to jump to get back into the mix and to hold a wild card spot. They probably got to go 40 and 22 to make that type of a run where they would win 87 games this year. Is it possible? You might not think so, but if you look back to the parallels of the 2019 season, you actually can find a little solace of hope. That's what I want to discuss next. Could this be another year like 2019? I'll explain it all in just a minute. First, though, another word from our sponsors. The New York Mets play the New York Yankees again, 7.05 Eastern time tonight. Catch every pitch of the Mets' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Now I want to rewind the clock four years ago to July 25th, 2019. Same day as today when the Mets won that game. The Mets, 2019, they beat the Padres to win a series. The score is 4-0. Jacob DeGrom goes seven scoreless, strikes out nine. 
The win made the Mets 47 and 55 on the season. They were eight games under 500 at the time. So they were sitting in an even worse spot than the Mets are right now. The Dodgers were first in the NL West. The Braves first in the NL East. The Cubs and Cardinals were tied at 55 and 47 in the Central. Those teams were also tied with the Nationals to hold the two wildcard spots. The Mets were in fourth place, eight games behind the Nationals, seven games behind the Phillies. So you look at the wildcard hunt, eight games out, pretty much in line with where the Mets are right now. The Mets went on to win seven in a row. That was including that game on July 25th. They lost the game, then they won eight in a row. It was a stretch where the Mets won 15 out of 16 games, granted against a lot of bad teams, but they launched themselves back into the race, and suddenly they were just a half a game out of a playoff spot. It happened that quickly. Now, looking at that season, there was a six-game losing streak where they were swept by the Braves and then swept by the Cubs. I think all those games might have taken place at home, if memory serves. I'm not exactly positive I didn't uh, mark that, but that kind of killed their season in August there where they lost those six in a row. If they didn't lose those six, they probably make a, a, a wild card. They had just won a couple of those games, but they still went 39 and 21 over the final 60 games of the season. Had an incredibly fun run. And ultimately, if this was what happened in 2023, where there was three wild card spots, they would have made it. The Mets were the third wild card team. There was just, two wildcard spots at the time. They won 86 games. I think the Mets have to win 87 this year to grab a playoff spot. So it's not impossible for the Mets to go on some crazy run. Is it likely? Absolutely not. And I hate to be schedule guy. And I'm not being schedule guy for the sake of, oh, this is a win, this is a win. It's just to show you a blueprint that could get you there. The fact that you got this one more against the Yankees and then four against the Nationals and three against the Royals, that would be a time for a winning streak. If the Mets could go on a winning streak, the math changes for you. And then you play the Orioles, who are a good team. But let's just say the Mets go 10 and 2 in that run. All of a sudden, instead of having to go 40 and 22 to win 87 games, all of a sudden, the math changes, and it's go 30 and 20 over the last 50, which feels a lot more reasonable, and that's what the Mets did in 2019. It takes a winning streak. It takes a great run. It takes winning 15 out of 16. That's the hole you dug yourself in. But a baseball team can pull themselves out of it, and when it can come and get to a point where it's contagious, where you can find your way. And a big part of what happened that year for the Mets is they had really good starting pitching. They made the trade for Stroman. They had five good starters. And so it was DeGrom, who down the stretch, pitched to a 1-5-4 ERA over 12 starts. Zach Wheeler, 2-8-3 ERA. Noah Syndergaard, 4.18. Steven Matz, 3-5-0. Marcus Stroman, 3-7-7. So this year, it would take the Mets' five-man rotation to... Try to live up close to that. Could Justin Verlander over his final 12 starts pitch to a 1-5-4 ERA? I think it's possible. Could Max Scherzer or Kodai Senga, for that matter, pitch to a 2-8-3 ERA and the other one to a 3-5-0 ERA? Possibly. Getting Jose Quintana 
The pitch to Strowman's 377. Is it possible? Sure. Carlos Carrasco at 4.18. That's where you might lose me. But the point is the talent level is not drastically different. Yes, that five-man rotation was better. But you look at their bullpen. It was Seth Lugo and Justin Wilson and nothing else. Seth Lugo pitched to a 2-3-0 ERA in that final stretch of the season. Got six saves. Justin Wilson, 1-9-3 ERA, three saves. But the Mets weren't a team that needed saves. I mean, they just hit their way to a lot of victories. Jerez Familia and Luis Avalon um, both pitched decent. 3-6-7 ERA for Familia, 3-5-7 for Avalon. Edwin Diaz had an ERA over seven in that stretch. Remember, he was awful in 2019. Why did they win so many games? Pete Alonso hit 20 home runs. Michael Conforto hit 15. Jeff McNeil hit 14. And J.D. Davis hit 13. Wilson Ramos hit 328. Ahmed Rizar hit 309. And Brandon Immo returned from a pretty much season-long neck injury in September. And over his 26 games played, he got on base at a 430 clip. They won 17 games in both August and September. They were a different ball club. You look at the names in those lineups compared to the names this year. The Mets' talent now is better. I don't care that Wilson Ramos at 328. I'll still take Francisco Alvarez and his ability to leave the yard and change a lot more ball games. And also, I should say, got hit in the hand. He actually struck out when he got hit because the bat came all the way through. Luckily, extras were negative. For now, it seems like the Mets avoided a, a, a Big, big setback with that one. But again, Alvarez Ramos, who are you taking? Shortstop, Lindor, Rosario. Please, nobody tell me you take Rosario. Uh, you know, McNeil's McNeil, same player, but now a player that's a little bit older. He's not going to hit 14 home runs like he did that year with the juice ball, but he can still be effective. Um, Alonzo for Alonzo, pretty much the same swap. We'll see what the Mets do in left field. If they trade those guys, which ultimately I still think they should. Um, now, matching the performance that they got from J.D. Davis and Michael Conforto in the corners, that's going to be tough for this team. But Brandon Immo's hell of a lot better, and he's healthy. So maybe that ends up being a wash to some extent. But the bottom line is the overall talent level on this team is not far off and is probably better than the team in 2019. And that team went on a run and went on a run with one less wild card spot potentially to grab the Mets. They could do it. And that's why Steve Cohen and the front office is hesitant to sell. But that miraculous run where it took 15 of 16 games to get back in the mix for the Mets that year, it didn't end in a playoff berth. And I think there's more teams competing for it this year. So it makes it harder I believe this Mets team can go on a run with or without Mark Hanna and Tommy Pham. So maybe that's the, the way that you you make some trades, you get some value. Um, I, I, I still don't know what they do at this deadline, but I, I did think that the similarities to 2019 were too interesting to not talk about here. And it just reminds you that the baseball season's long. While it has not been a good year for the Mets in their first 100 games, they could still make a season out of it in their final 62. Regardless, that's going to be all for today's edition of Locked On Mets. On tomorrow's show, we're going to bring the focus back to the deadline a little bit because I found the perfect tre- team the perfect team the Mets can trade with 
at this deadline. So we are going to break down some mock trades with this special team, but you'll have to tune in tomorrow to find out who that team is for all you everydayers. Make sure you check that out. Follow rate and review wherever you get your podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked On Mets. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. If you want to catch every pitch of the Mets hometown broadcast, you can do so with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets.